Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you weekend fantasy update. Here we are, folks, Sunday morning. Thanks for joining us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike Blewett, George Kurtz, and Joe Galina, the trifecta, the triumvirate, getting it done on this Sunday morning. So uh, thank you for listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, uh, and anywhere else that you can find this show. Uh, so we've got a lot going on today. Many guests. Uh, many? Is that many? We got three guests. We got a few guests. You so, could say several, few. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's not enough for More several. It's probably a few. So yeah. Mm-hmm. We anyway, three three hosts, three guests. <laughs> so that's where we're at today. And the voice you hear right there is Joe Galina. Joe, how are you? Doing great. Uh, glad to be with you guys on this Sunday. We have uh, some uh, real live football games to talk about, and uh, we saw yeah. some uh, some good stuff. Uh, so oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. George gets really fired up for preseason. He, he um, really does. Uh, b- barn burner in L.A. Uh, in Oakland yesterday, fourteen three, uh, Raiders Rams. So we'll get into those in a moment. But uh, that other uh, sarcastic yay that you heard is from George Kurtz. George, how are you? Well, you know, it's preseason, man. We all know what we're all excited now. Oh, football! And then you know, by next weekend, you're like, oh man, when is this preseason crap going to end? It's bad football. Yeah, yeah. It's boring. I mean, uh, I watched the Cowboy game at like midnight last night, and it's like, you got to be kidding me. What, what am I doing here? And I, I'm, and I have to. I have to record it anyway. It doesn't matter. I'll record it next week, too. And week three, I'll record it. Uh, assuming it's yep. not, I can't watch it live. So it's just annoying. Uh, you know, a little pet peeve of mine. Uh, you know, you said uh, three hosts here. Uh, that yep. bothers me. You're, you're the host. Mike Blewett's the host. Joe and I are analysts today. Two co-hosts, yeah. two, one host, no, two co-hosts. I, I, I don't consider host, us co-hosts. Two analysts. <laughs> right, two analysts. Right, that's what that's what our, our, our job is. And okay. you know, uh, you know, later on, uh, when we do weekend wages. I'll be hosting. Joe will be the analyst. Usually, I'm the analyst. So it's, it's a pet peeve of mine. Even though I know we're, you know, through the bigger ups, that's what they call us. They call us co-hosts, but we're really yes. not. This is this is Mike's show today. That's my way of saying if the show sucks, it's Mike's fault. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've got off world. to a bumpy start the... here, Joe. We've got <laughs> yeah. off to a bump start here with George. I'm on three hours <laughs> sleep here, right? So I'm, I'm yeah, a little tired. <laughs> Put something as a coffee, apparently. He's but a bit anyway, of a, drink, a bit of a curmudgeon to this morning, right? In his soda, <laughs> in his Pepsi. There you Pepsi there you or go. Coke guy. Yeah, Pepsi. I think he's still a Pepsi from last night too. By the way, I don't think this is not a new one, but it's on my desk. I'm drinking it. Amazing. So at George Kurtz, at Joe Galena, nothing fancy about the Twitter handles. I'm at Mike Blewett. So, uh, quick baseball note. I don't know if you folks have been watching uh, baseball all year, but the Orioles are terrible. They are one of the worst teams News I've flash. ever seen. And they lost 23-2 to last night. You don't get to start off many shows with O's talk, but I figured given the score and the manner in which the Yankees pounded them uh, this past week, they actually exceeded the low – or I don't even know what the term is to use. They have Threshold. set a new low. It set up a new low based off the Yankees pounding them into submission by giving up 23 runs to Houston last night. Pretty crazy. Jordan Alvarez, uh, three home runs, drove in seven runs last night. So for those of you uh, rostering him, good times for you. Um, so, all right, uh, we could talk baseball, but we'll probably put that on the back burner until later in the show. Uh, we did have a few games last night. You had the Chiefs uh, playing the Bengals and – I think this probably played out like a regular season game would, Joe. The Chiefs off to a really good start. Pat Mahomes, Kelsey, he's scrambling. They hand it off to Carlos Hyde. They drive right down the field in that first quarter, just shredding that Cincinnati defense. 
I think the Bengals are going to be probably one of the worst teams in the league, and the Chiefs, at least offensively, still going to be one of the most high-powered attacks in the NFL. Absolutely, and we got to see also a little bit of a running back Darwin uh, Thompson. You know, other than the, the, the guys that you know we're used to seeing, like the Kelseys and the Mahomes, like you, you mentioned. But Darwin Thompson, uh, running back, looked impressive, uh, leapfrogging over a defender, eluding another defender on his way to a, a 29-yard uh, TD reception that was eventually called back. Uh, Miko Hardman, how about that? That little uh, shovel pass. <laughs> Guy is fast, right? Uh, Tyreek Hill clone. So, yeah, the, the Chiefs look like they were in midseason form and you know, they weren't even using their <laughs> the starters uh, for a majority of the game, of course. Yeah. Uh, George, we're going to have Davis Maddock, who's a, a big Chiefs fan. We're going to talk to him about an article. This is in the next uh, 12 minutes or so. He's got an article out about three running backs who can swing your fantasy football league. We'll talk about that. But also, he happens to be a Chiefs fan. He's located in Kansas City. So uh, we'll get deeper into the Chiefs. But uh, any of the other games jump out to you? You said you watched the Dallas game last night. Anything you can take away from it? Or it's just, like you know, the starters are barely in there. And uh, there's only so much information you can glean out of it. But uh, 17-9, Dallas takes the L against the Niners last night. Uh, I mean, uh, as far as the Cowboys are concerned, no Elliott, no Cooper. The offense couldn't move. They kept getting bogged down. Uh, no, I don't think it's much you can take from it. Uh, I mean, we all, as fantasy players, we've all done multiple drafts already. All preseason is, is please don't get my player hurt. No, don't get right. hurt. Get up. Please get up. Don't get hurt. But if you're a Cowboys <laughs> fan, you don't want your Cowboys to get hurt. If I'm a fantasy fan, I don't want my players to get hurt. I'm watching the Steelers uh, Bucks game now on NFL Network. Uh, it's yeah, great about I'll NFL Network. They just replay games all the time. It's fantastic. Yeah. So you can yep. always catch up on the games. But no, I don't. Not in, not in week one, you know. Because like you said, stars are going to play a, a series, maybe two. You know, yeah. as, as it goes on, they play a quarter, a half. There's some things to look for. Only thing I care about in preseason is two things. I look for guys who were injured last year. How uh, how they come back? Do they look good? You know, I mean, uh, specifically. Okay, there's a guy with Chargers who got hurt last year. I might I'll look for a Charger. I might, might look to see how Hunter Henry looks. I know he came back in the playoffs, but maybe I want to look to see how he looks. And positional battles. You know that I, I want to see that. You know, see who looks better. So I get an idea uh, later on in fantasy leagues that I'm going to keep drafting again. Other than that, yeah, preseason to me is pretty much a bunch of hot hot garbage. There's a reason they want to get rid of half these games. Yeah, Um, and from the Niners' standpoint, you look up and down the line, no Garoppolo, none of the three running backs that anybody's drafting played. Uh, The only guy that will probably appear on some fantasy teams, Dante Pettis, is uh, getting a lot of love in fantasy circles. He got one target, didn't catch it. So Debo Samuel, a couple of catches last night, uh, two for 61. We'll get into these, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into these teams later in the hour, you know, thoughts really on that. But w- why don't we stick actually with the Niners for a second, Joe? And when it comes to... <clears throat> the weapons that Garoppolo is going to have access to. Garoppolo is going pretty late. He's a QB2, like towards the end of that QB2 conversation. A year ago, everybody was really buying the hype on him because of the Shanahan offense. Are you willing to ratchet that back up and say that there's a lot of upside for the players overall in this offense, given the fact that Kyle Shanahan is running the show? I'm kind of lukewarm to it. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts uh, to this uh, offense. You look at their uh, backfield. I mean, uh, you know, what's going to happen there? I mean, we're looking at Tevin Coleman probably being the main guy there. But what does that mean? You still have, uh, you know, know, McKinnon, uh, you know, uh, and Breida in in there. And then the wide receivers. You just had uh, Trent Taylor go down. And all of a sudden, uh, Jalen Hurd. Everyone's excited about Jalen Hurd. So, uh, I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, Shanahan does have a good resume of running the offenses, uh, but I'm not banking on the 49ers being a, you know, a high-powered, high-octane offense this season. Yeah. Yeah, George, a year ago, the hype was real for the Bears and the Niners, and I was trying to throw cold water on it because I, I thought people were getting caught up in the hype. Turns out... I was wrong on the Bears. Uh, Bears obviously had a great season. The Niners fell apart after Jimmy G got hurt. So I don't hear as much hype around it this year as I did last year. And obviously you could argue that we know now Kittle is an established player. He breaks the record for receiving yards in a season for a tight end. And they've added more weapons. 
I get that there's question marks at the wide receiver position, but given the fact that we were hyping it last year and the group wasn't fantastic, why not some similar hype this year? Oh, I think it's once again, uh, they're not the new toy anymore. Last year, they were the new toy, the new coach. You know, Garoppolo's going to play his first full season. And, you know, everybody wants, everybody's interested in a new toy. What's going to happen here? And then it all came crashing down. You know, uh, Gucci Garoppolo got hurt, didn't play a, a part of the season. And then that's, then that's not, not the hot to talk about anymore. Marquis Goodwin, who was a hot name last year, now he's, you can draft him in the 90s. You know, he's just, yeah. uh, he's an afterthought here. So I think a lot of it's that. Uh, <laughs> McKinnon, once again, we run back last year. Oh, can't wait to get McKinnon. ACL, done. We never see him. You know, Tevin Coleman doesn't have that same kind of hype here. Mainly because, what do you think with Coleman, guys? I mean, maybe it's me because I had him on a, a team or two. I thought he was disappointing. I, was. I mean, I know when you look at you look at his yards per carry, and it's good. It's four, I think it's four point three or four point seven, maybe one of those two. But I mean, I remember having him. There were so many weeks where he did nothing. I mean, nothing as a starting running back once uh, Freeman went down here. So I think that's part of it too. But I think it really comes down to the new toy theory. They're not the new toy now. Now we're going to talk about these other teams that have new quarterbacks, new coaches, new players. There's nobody really new there this year. Coleman just doesn't excite anybody. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Coleman started 14 games last year. He played in 16. He touched the ball 199 times. The touchdowns were good. He had nine touchdowns. But to George's point, like the game logs were just frustrating. You can look, if you didn't, if you weren't dialed in on it last year, George, to your point, you would be like, oh, he had a pretty good season. And it's like, but but at the same point, <clears throat> Atlanta's offense is legit. The other, star- the other, the starting running back is out. Coleman is in a situation where he could earn a massive new contract, and it just didn't happen. <clears throat> I'm just looking down his game logs. He had two 100-yard rushing games. <clears throat> two the whole year <clears throat> excuse me um and realistically beyond that uh, uh, all purpose yards how many times did he go over 100 those two and one other i think so three total were scrimmage yards were over 100 yards the touchdowns were helpful but again I just felt like there was a much greater opportunity for him to explode on the scene he gets a new contract from the niners but it isn't it isn't what Jarek McKinnon got from them the year before, George. No, it's not. It's not. I, mean, I don't know. Uh, when it comes to Coleman, I guess he knows the system, so it makes sense there. But, you know, Garoppolo, you guys know this, he hasn't even played 16 games yet, more or less a full season. I know. You know, I, I, listen, I have faith in him. I think, you know, fantasy wise, a good quarterback, too, with some upside here. But outside of Kittle, I mean, there's no, not much proven there in the, in the receiving game. We love Kittle. You know, we had the in-house uh, draft on, uh, well, and in-house draft on Friday. I took Kittle, which I never do. I don't like taking a tight end, but he fell to me, I think, in round six, and I grabbed Kittle, which is early for me for a tight end. Generally, I like to wait. Uh, one, two, three, four. No, I'll make that round five. So uh, I love, I like Kittle a lot. He's going to be great, but, man, I'd like to see, see something in the passing game. I imagine Goodwin you can get for free in drafts. Dante Pettis, okay. He's being drafted as a wide receiver four, wide receiver three maybe. Devo Samuel, we have some hope for. Jordan Matthews is there. Trent Taylor. I mean, I, I don't know. I think this offense is still a work in progress. Plus, you know, you have Bosa's got a significant ankle sprain. They're a first-round pick, yeah. early first-round pick. And maybe, you know, everyone's going to be all know high ankle sprain. Boy, mm-hmm. he may not be back to October for all we know. And even when he comes back, he's going to be able to push off that ankle. We don't know. You know the Bosa seems to have problems. They both have had injuries like this. So, uh, I think a lot of the uh, – the bloom is off the rose here. They use a bad pun where it's just they're just not sexy. They're just not sexy because we don't know. There's really nobody sexy on offense outside of Kittle. It's hard to be sexy for a tight end unless you're Gronk. You know, you're that kind of personality. Garoppolo, we just don't know. We think, but we don't know. Coleman's not exciting. There's nobody here that really goes, oh, wow, can't wait to see him play. You know, other than Kittle, a tight end, I say a tight end I don't think really does it for most people. Yeah, I wonder, Joe, if Pettis is the guy. <clears throat> we have actually seen him go pretty early, right? So he's uh, going off the board right now. NFFC, ADPs, he's 72nd. So uh, exactly end of the sixth round, which for a guy that hasn't really, doesn't have a ton of stats to back him up, I guess that's the guy where people are buying the hype that he can be just the number one wide receiver. He wouldn't be the number one pass catcher. You, you have to assume that that's Kittle still, but he could be the number right. one wide receiver on the Niners in a Kyle Shanahan offense. 
Yeah, he, he had that little uh, blip the three or four weeks last year where uh, he uh, had scored uh, four touchdowns in three weeks, and then he had the five for 83 game. Uh, so I, I guess if you're looking for hope out of this offense other than Kittle, it, it's it's got to be uh, Pettis. But again, uh, you know, what, what is he overall? What you say his ADP was? He's probably at best maybe a wide receiver three. Uh, so, I mean, he's someone that you might want to, you know, uh, take a shot on a little later in drafts, but uh, no guarantees there. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, George, uh, we'll get into Dallas um, a little bit later in the show, but as you said, you didn't really have anybody to, to base anything off of last night as far as ADPs are concerned right now. You know, the one guy I think that we're going to be most curious about because we know what Amari can be, and obviously we know what Zeke can be if and when he shows up, um, but is Michael Gallup. I think some are expecting Michael Gallup to have a breakout season right here. I, I obviously just get concerned because I don't know what kind of volume he would have, but give me your thoughts real quick on Michael Gallup. Well, you already said it, Mike. You nailed why he's not really a great fantasy play. Dallas is not going to have that kind of offense where they're going to throw the ball yeah. up and down the field. We all know it's going to Zeke Elliott when he uh, signs. Then it's going to go to Cooper. Witten's back, so he'll get a bunch of little throws. Yes, they'll take deep shots to Gallup. But uh, until the end of last season, those deep shots weren't working. And it wasn't Gallup's fault. Dak just wasn't hitting him. He was missing by open Gallup. But he's going to be third, fourth on the target list there. And on reads, he's third, fourth as well. So that's not where Prescott's going to look. So I think taking Gallup is more of a hope than anything else. Okay, we got an action-packed show today. Guests, three guests total. Davis Maddock is going to join us right after the break. We got Tyler Oblowski. He'll be joining us in hour number two. And hour number three, a good friend of mine, Chris Bermanis. He's the manager of the Barrington, Rhode Island All-Stars. They're on their way to Williamsport. They'll be on their way to Williamsport when we talk to them. Davis Maddock next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to Weekend Fantasy Update. Thanks for joining us this morning. And we're going to bring in a guest here uh, in a moment, Davis Maddock. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Davis Maddock. Uh, he's going to be, he's been writing a ton of content on rotoexperts.com, the NFL 365 package. He sort of oversees that and puts out a lot of content. And I wanted to reach out to him this week for two reasons. Uh, one, his Chiefs played last night. Two, uh, he wrote an article on three running backs who will swing your fantasy football league. So first, Davis, what's going on, man? How you been? Hey, how's it going? Uh, doing, doing pretty good, Bob. Uh, thanks for having me. Who was, what was your highlight of Lollapalooza? I heard, I, you told me you went to Lollapalooza. So who was the highlight for you? Well, highlight had to be Childish Gambino, Don, Donald Glover on, uh, on Friday night. Got up, got up very close. It was, uh, it was a long and hot experience, but definitely worth it. Nice, nice. Uh, good stuff. So, uh, Chiefs played last night. Uh, obviously, a preseason game. There's only so much information that you can glean from it because the starters aren't in long, but uh, they look sharp to start. Uh, I don't think the Bengals are going to be a scary team this year by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, picking up where they left off uh, just a year ago. I mean, I think my probably biggest takeaway was not very many teams are going to score 38 points in the preseason. So I, I kind of think Andy Reid has that whole team drilled down pretty well. And, and that even running that vanilla offense, you know, they they still had guys in there on the third string who were ready to put up points. I, I was I was pretty impressed by the performance uh, pretty much from the top down. Hey, Davis, it's uh, Joe here. Thanks for joining us. So Andy Reid making some uh, some noise this week, talking about maybe uh, Chiefs might be using uh, running back by committee. Uh, first of all, do you believe him? You know, some people are thinking that maybe he's just looking to light a fire uh, under uh, Damian Williams. Uh, we saw Darwin Thompson uh, perform pretty well last night. So what do you think about the uh, Chiefs' backfield this season? 
So I think anytime a coach makes comments about like a running back by committee after the starter's been out with injury for a couple of weeks, I think it's a good way to motivate the guys who are taking all of those training camp snaps uh, while the running back, like while the lead guys basically just taking a vacation. You know, Damian Williams, he's he's hanging off on the side. He's he's in the cryo chamber and, and Carlos Hyde and Darwin Thompson and Darren Williams are out there in the, uh, you know, they're out there in the 105 degree heat full pads taking all those reps so I, I think it's just a good way to keep the whole running back room motivated I do think probably that he's gonna he is going to lose some of the early down work at times to Thompson or Hyde but oh like I moved Damian down I think like three spots overall in my rankings but I, I'm not like scared per se hey Davis this is Georgia you got a three-man booth here today uh we had an in-house draft on Friday, and Ezekiel Elliott uh, fell one slot, what I consider one slot today, at number five. It, this, this was a money league. It's about $100 per team here. You're in a, a major money league. Let's let's say $200 and above here. Where are you taking Elliott? Are you afraid right now is what I'm asking. Are you worried that maybe he's not coming back to Dallas anytime soon? I am I am not worried. Dallas, Dallas, they're going to pay him. Uh, the organization can put on, uh, you know, the, the poker face right now, but they, they're going to pay him. If he's not there... Uh, you know, by the week before the first game, they will reach out to his representation and figure out what needs to be done. I, I think the the most reasonable way to approach him is just to take him fourth overall. So you take you take Barkley, you take Kamara, and you take McCaffrey ahead of them because there is zero percent risk that they hold out. And then you you just take into account whatever risk there is for Elliott, and you just take him fourth. Yeah, in that draft, somebody took Le'Veon over Zeke Elliott. Uh, I'm not on board with that. So that was that go. was our producer, our you know, Yang. He had a bad draft. Yang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, I, I heard he took the Bears defense in like the tenth round. So you know, we're not talking about bad draft, uh, Yang. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> all right, David. So this article, three running backs that will swing your fantasy league. Uh, you you wrote this because these three running backs in particular, and they are Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, and Leonard Fournette, are guys that are a little bit more difficult to predict, as you state in here, running backs that are not uh, in a, a first rounder become a little bit more difficult to project. There's a wider range of outcomes. So I'll start with Josh Jacobs. He said, You say here he's the one you find yourself drafting the most often. He's the cheapest of the three. But uh, the, re- the issues for Jacobs reaching his upside is clear. He was not a very good prospect as he backed up third-round pick Damian Harris at Alabama. He ran a bad 40-time. Plus, there's all obviously questions about how good this Raiders offense will be, Antonio Brown thing aside. So give me your thoughts, really, on Jacobs in general. Why are you still drafting him the most of the three? So basically, the reason to take Jacobs is that he was a first-round draft pick. And when a running back is drafted in the first round, just historically speaking, that means as long as the guy doesn't get hurt, he's going to be like pretty much by far the lead running back for his team for like the entirety of the season. And uh, I believe the number that was in that article is that like 55% of running backs drafted in the first round have a running back one season or better in their rookie year. And like, that alone is pretty much enough for me to take Jacobs in the fourth round because if that offense is even like league average, Jacobs probably gets 11 touchdowns, you know, 310 touches or something like that. And that, like, that sort of season in the fourth round can really swing your league. Uh, Davis, you also wrote about uh, Aaron Jones and uh, Packers offense has been in the news because of the uh, little things between uh, new head coach Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. What do you think uh, Matt LaFleur, LaFleur uh, brings to this offense? I mean, uh, he, he was there uh, for Todd Gurley's breakout season as the offensive coordinator from the Rams. Do you think that uh, he, he's going to give the rock to, uh, to Jones enough uh, to, you know, justify him being a, a number one running back? Are you worried a little bit about Jamal Williams uh, taking some uh, carries away from him? I'm definitely a little worried about Jamal Williams just because Aaron Jones is not a very good pass blocker, but I'm also worried about Dexter Williams as well. Uh, their sixth-round draft pick, a guy who had like a really good combine and who the team seems to like and has already started to play well in the preseason. I, I, the, the worry with Jones is just that the running back the, – the Packers haven't had – uh, you know, one solid running back since 2015 for Eddie Lacy. And I know that the different coaching staff and, uh, you know, just a different organizational structure, but the, the common trend is, of course, Aaron Rodgers, who isn't really like a throw to his running backs either. 
so the the situation we could be looking at with Jones is where yeah, he gets a bunch of early down work, but the team throws in the red zone. Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw to running back. You know, he might get 220 carries, but he might only end up getting 40 targets, eight touchdowns. You know, in that scenario, you're pretty bummed out that you drafted him. Mm-hmm. Davis, uh, all right, we'll talk about the other problem here. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I agree with you. I, I'm still drafting. I imagine I drafted him fifth overall. I have no problem with that. How about Antonio Brown? I mean, are you drafting Antonio Brown? He's got the helmet thing now, which is a complete joke. The feet thing where he apparently freezes his feet off. Uh, this guy's a glory hound here. Uh, I'm assuming you've dropped him somewhat. How far have you dropped him? And would you personally draft him? I dropped him a little bit. Uh, like, I moved him back behind um, Stephon Diggs and Brandon Cooks. But I didn't. I already had him kind of low. However, uh, I found that he was going way too low. I hired up some... Uh, the the draft best ball championship draft like wow all that all those threads were coming out on twitter and i took him i think three separate times in the fourth round which just felt like a very good value to me uh okay the last guy in this article you wrote uh, again you can find davis on twitter at davis maddock and you can find all his work on rotoexperts.com he's a good follow on twitter and certainly uh, provides a lot of great information for your fantasy football league. So the third guy is Leonard Fournette, and I can understand personally why you'd be hesitant in drafting him. But given the fact that they're going to run the ball so much, if he were to stay healthy, that's where his upside lies, right? This may not be an efficient offense, but there's only a f- really three draftable play- draftable pieces on this whole Jaguars team. It's the Jaguars defense, Fournette, and then D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, that is that is really it. And, I mean, Fournette probably more than any other player in fantasy football this year could really put me in a coffin because I just have not drafted him at all. I, if you're looking at third, fourth round picks, I mean, we're two years removed from Jacksonville leading the NFL in rushing attempts. Baltimore probably will this year. But if that defense plays, you know, they, like if they end up having the best defense in the NFL, they'll just give Fournette the ball – 20 to 25 times a game, and if they use him in the passing game, like, there are definitely some ways where Fournette has, like, you know, he finishes as the third best running back in fantasy. I'm just not fitting from it. All right. Uh, sticking with uh, running backs, uh, uh, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, uh, two rookie running backs. Uh, you could get uh, David Montgomery, uh, Bears uh, running back, uh, much earlier than Devin Singletary. Talk to me uh, about what you think of about their outlook. I mean, you know, David Montgomery looked good in his first preseason game. He's got uh, Tariq Cohen there, Mike Davis. Uh, Singletary's got, you know, the old man Frank Gore and T.J. Yeldon. I mean, who do you think uh, makes the biggest uh, fantasy impact this season? Who do you want to own of those two? Montgomery is a pretty tough sell for me. So the team spends $6 million in free agency on Mike Davis. They have Tari Cohen, who was, you know, by far their most efficient player on offense last season. Uh, they only finished 16th in the NFL in, in uh, yards per play, 19th in the NFL in points scored. People think their offense was a lot better because, uh, you know, they, they ran a lot of cool plays. Taylor Gabriel had some cool games, but the Bears offense is actually not that good. Uh, like on the converse, Devin Singletary, not a, not a great prospect, but he's, like, free, right? You can get him in the 13th, 14th round. It just doesn't matter. And uh, right. he, he's, got a, he's got a very similar chance of starting in the Buffalo offense that Montgomery does in the Bears offense. I think, I think the teams view them almost the exact same way, but the, for whatever reason, the market views them as markedly different players. Dave, let's talk a little uh, draft strategy here. Are you one of those guys – are you comfortable – taking Travis Kelsey round one or Kittle and Ertz, the end of round two, uh, top of round three. Do you like how your team looks when you do that? Personally, I don't. But how do you feel about taking Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle in top three rounds? I feel pretty good about taking Kelsey in the first round. Our projections on rotoexperts.com have him like 40 to 50 points better than Kittle and Ertz, like, they, like basically in an entire tier of his own. And – you know, I'm pretty big on, on zero running back drafting anyways. So starting that out with the best tight end in fantasy football is like, it, that's a great way for your team to project better, even though zero running back teams never project well. 
Davis, uh, with all your best ball, again, uh, find him on Twitter at Davis Maddock and all of his work on rotoexperts.com. So of all your best balls that you've done to this point, I was tracking some of your progress, reading some of your articles and on Twitter. But now that you've gotten through a whole bunch more, who are the players that you find yourself owning the most? A couple guys, two, three guys. Um, Lamar Jackson, the quarterback, Justice Hill and Tony Pollard and Ido Smith at running back and uh, uh, Kenny Stills at wide receiver are probably the guys who I have the most just because our, our projections have them as like four to five round values versus what their ADP is. Nice. So, Davis, I, I was looking at the uh, draft board of the draft that you guys did uh, for FNTSY. Uh, the other day, and ninth round, you got uh, Kalen Balage uh, from the Dolphins. Uh, how do you think that, that that backfield shakes up? I mean, this could be a real value pick based on you know the, what we're seeing very early with uh, Balage getting a lot of work with the first uh, uh, first team. So, uh, what do you think about the the workload uh, between Balage and, and Kenya Drake this season? It should probably be right, like right around 50-50. Like, and that's how it was in the first preseason game. Drake came out in the first series, looked pretty good. Delage came out in the second series, looked pretty good. And then scored a touchdown, actually got more work in the receiving game than I thought he would as well. Uh, I, I think basically they should have a very similar ADPs. I think it should kind of be how the Tampa Bay guys both go in the 10th round most of the time. I kind of think that's how the Miami backfield should be viewed. Davis, uh, and how do you feel about taking a quarterback? I mean, the tight ends, you're okay. With you. When do you take a, a quarterback? Would you take Pat Mahomes in round two? Would you want to wait? Are you looking for value later on because there's so many quarterbacks? And does that strategy change any in a super flex league? Uh, in a super flex league, yeah, you could probably like you could take one in like the fourth or fifth round. That's what I did in uh, the Scott Fishbowl league, but. No, in general, I'm never taking Patrick Mahomes in the second or third round. I mean, maybe if I have, like, a later pick in the fourth round and Chris Godwin and Josh Jacobs and Brandon Cooks are all gone, I would think about it. Or sometimes in the draft basketball championship, if I draft Travis Kelsey in the first round, maybe I would take Mahomes in the third uh, just to set up a sack. But in general, I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, good stuff. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning, Dave. And I'll tell everybody out there, you got to follow him on Twitter, at Davis Maddock. Really good articles. He is the number one Justice Hill truther, I would say. Davis, I'm going to give you that moniker. You've probably talked about it more than anybody else that I've seen. So you're in on the Ravens offense, probably because they're going to be running the ball so much. Very, very in. Uh, definitely the number one Justice Hill truther. I hope that's fair. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Thanks. I appreciate you joining us this morning. We'll talk to you again soon. So, uh, all right. Good stuff. So, guys, Justice Hill, I'll let you comment, uh, both George, you first. Davis really just thinks that Justice Hill, who was had a very productive collegiate career, is going to be the guy that sort of takes over the reins for Mark Ingram at some point, or at least, given his ADP, will have a pretty big impact in this Ravens rushing offense well i think before we get too much on a ravens offense we have to think how much is lamar jackson going to run how much are they going to run period you know last year they that's all they did right because the jackson couldn't really throw the ball i assume he's made some modifications there where he's gotten at least better at throwing the ball down the field right so that's going to take away some running opportunities we've heard different reports from from baltimore first was they got around 10 12 times a game lamar jackson well, damn, that's a lot. They'll be putting Jackson in the coffin by week 10 if they do that. Uh, but that's still, they're going to run him. That's what, it's what he's good at here. Well, is he, is he going to steal those running, rushing touchdowns? You know, those one-yard runs, it's going to be Lamar Jackson, not Ingram? Because you would think that's Ingram's the bigger back. That's where he would go. I like Justice Hill. I like him a lot. Uh, I think for me, though, he's more of a reserve guy. Let's see what happens here. Uh, I think he's more than a handcuff, so I would draft him as uh, more than a handcuff over Ingram, but I'm going to slow my roll as far as thinking he's going to be the next breakout guy here. Just too much going on there in the backfield. Gus Edwards as well. A lot of cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, J- Justice Hill went in first uh, first pick of the 10th round the other day in this draft. I don't know why the heck I wasn't in this draft, but whatever. I'm sure you guys are scared that I'm going to win the whole thing. But nonetheless, uh, he was the first pick of the 10th round the other day. Justice Hill went to Davis Maddock, who we just had on the phone.
Well, if I can tell you this draft was a little haphazard. We only, I only found out a day before. And Jim, Jim Day and I, like, what the hell? Well, then, it was, then it was a money league. We weren't even told. It was like, oh, drafting tomorrow, money league, good good luck. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I think we had to scramble to make sure we were free for And it was a long draft, man. I think it was like, you know, yeah. for, for a draft league, it should have been an hour and a half. This thing lasted almost three hours. It was, uh, it was long. So, Mike, I wouldn't take sure any offense to it. We all hate uh, you, Mike. Uh, we all uh, talk about you all the time. I, I guess, I'm, I guess I'm glad I wasn't in it. So... Galena will let you comment on Justice Hill and a couple other things from this draft after the break. It's Mike, Joe, and George. Fantasy Sports Radio. We'll be right back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to Weekend Fantasy Update. The 2019 NFL season is here, and you can become the eighth person to win a million dollars in a FanDuel or matching tournament. Sending their lineup is using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. Or become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of, play- of dollars playing DFS using DailyRoto.com. So if you're playing DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. So head on over. Check out their tools for NFL, MLB, PGA, NBA, and NHL, and sports wagering. Or get access to all of them with the Daily Roto Elite Package. So enter promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, for a 10% discount, and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, and use of the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings. That's DailyRoto.com, promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, DailyRoto.com. Where, million, where millionaires are made. So I use DailyRoto.com on a regular basis. And, uh, yeah, as well. Uh, yes, yes, we work for the same company, but I can assure you that <laughs> is the best DFS information out there. But, uh, okay, so I was going to talk about the Chiefs here, but given the fact that you guys, or, or George, did a draft, and he sent over this draft board, uh, I might as well take a look at some of this here. Uh, you know, our producer Yang, who produces shows during the week, uh, particularly the afternoon and evening shows, he did have a rough draft. He drafted the Bears defense in the 11th <laughs> round, and he drafted Le'Veon Bell over Zeke Elliott and David Johnson. And uh, who else he got? He's got Damian Williams here in the third round. It's not terrible. Tyler Boyd, Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper. That is not a powerful wide receiving group. Uh, Rashad Penny. There's something there. Uh, oof. And that's a lot of Seattle. I don't. I wouldn't want to be that in on Seattle uh, with DK Metcalf and Rashad Penny. Anyway, uh, George, how did this draft for you? How do you feel that this draft turned out? You came in, you came in at the five slot and you got Zeke Elliott, so that was a pr- surprise. But now you got Mike Evans, on Johnson, Josh Jacobs. We just got off the phone with Davis Maddock, who talked about Josh Jacobs. Uh, give me your thoughts on him uh, this year. Yeah, I mean the draft was interesting. Um... When they did their, they're actually picking the draft that order out live uh, through one of the helmets there in the studio, and I'm like, uh, just I, I don't I don't want the fifth pick, you know. I didn't want the fifth pick because then I was pretty sure what what happened was going to happen. One of the top four would not take Elliott because they're gonna be the holdout. They'd be worried about it. Now you knew Barkley was going once. CMC Kamara would probably go. So Yang was the uh, the the wild card there. You know, he's he's the producer, not considered you know, an expert an analyst. So I was wondering what he would do, and he let him go and. Yeah, like I said, this is a money league. This is not a fun league. This is for, for cash here. So, so uh, for me, uh, I'm sticking to my words here on all the shows. I believe Elliott signs by week one and uh, plays week one because the Giants. I don't think Jones will let this go, uh, mainly because it's his ego. He knows Dallas has a shot this year, and he's not going to let uh, he's not going to let you know a holdout by Elliott ruin this team's chances, and it would ruin this team's chances. He can say whatever he wants on all his. Uh, you know, appearances. Elliot not showing up hurts the team. So I took Elliot. Evans was an easy choice. Carry on Johnson. Josh Jacobs was a, B- a BPA pick. Uh, as I said it while we were on air here, I did not plan on taking another running back. Three running backs in the top four rounds to me uh, was unusual. Uh, I did want to take a wide receiver here, but I didn't think I could pass up on him. 
He was the last running back in that tier, last guy that I, I wanted. You know, there's two flexes in this league. We only start two wide receivers. That's key to remember here. We only start two, not three. We have two flexes. So I can start all these running backs each and every week as far as uh, Zeke Johnson and Jacobs. And that's why I took him. Yeah, that's purely why. I hope Antonio Brown gets in camp. Obviously, that'll help immensely if he's there. It takes away uh, defensive uh, pressure on the raw, on the running game. Uh, and I think Brown will show, by the way. He's, there's no way he's not going to play over a helmet issue and give up $50 million. That's not happening. But, uh, there, you know, once again, there is that worry. But for me, Jay, like I said, Jacobs was all about the BPA, man. It was just too good, a, too good a player to pass up at that point. And you got Kittle in the fifth round, too. It's pretty it's, – it's that really helps a lot. Um, with, with any questions you might have about somebody like Jacobs, you locked up one of the top three tight ends. Um, I'm surprised, considering Kelsey went in the second round, that the, both Kittle and Ertz – uh, mm-hmm. Waited all the way to the fifth round to get chosen, right, Joe? That seems a little. Uh, that seems a little odd. Yeah, I, I would yeah. Think those ADPs would be tighter. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But you know, you got mostly experts here, so they know they could wait a little bit. But you're right; those top three do seem to go, you know, fairly earlier in the rounds. And I wanted to ask George real quick: what tipped the scales for you in terms of taking Kittle over Ertz? Was it the, the Goddard, <laughs> you know, being in the background? Uh, you know, when I took the. Uh, when I had when I took Josh Jacobs, I actually was thinking of taking Kittle or Ertz in the fourth round, but I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what? After Jacobs, there's only eight more picks. I had Kittle and Ertz were both there. One might fall to me. I honestly was hoping somebody would take one. I would just take the other and make my decision for me. What uh, right. I, I guess I guess turned the appointment for me was purely the fact that yeah, you know, Carson Wentz has a lot of other weapons to throw the ball there too. You know, Jeffrey's yeah, there. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, listen, I was looking for an excuse not to take one guy over the other. And it was because there's mm-hmm. really not, in my mind, there's not much there other than Kittle, where as Wentz really has plenty of other options to throw to if he doesn't want to throw the ball left and right. But that being said, anybody who tells me, oh, I have Ertz ranked higher than Kittle, I'm not arguing with you. Uh, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm more than okay with that. I would have taken Ertz, too. Uh, I, I, had, I had to take one. One had to go to three. One had to take it, two. If, uh, like I said, if, if Yang, Chris, Venture, Mark Cardano Jr., or Dane would have taken uh, a tight end there. I just would have taken the other and been very happy at not having to make a decision. Joe, which one would you take first, Kittle or Ertz? You know, <laughs> looking at it now, <laughs> I might take Kittle because uh, of, of what George had said uh, in terms of, uh, you know, Wentz having a lot of different uh, options there. And, and we just talked about the 49ers offense where, you know, uh, there's really no uh, wide receiver one per se. Right. I mean, Kittle's going to be you even said it earlier that Kittle's going to be the, the, the target hound there. So uh, looking at it uh, now and looking at the pick, uh, it looks good to me. I think I, I think I would do the same. I'm just such a huge fan of Ertz. I try not to let that stuff influence me, but I think I would take Ertz first. And everything you guys said is mm. logical. There really is. See, this is why we didn't invite you on the show, Mike. This is why no chance. There are. <laughs> There are, <laughs> there are obviously other options in Philly where there aren't as many established options that we are aware of in San Francisco. So, um, I don't know. I I, I, I no still think I would go you. with Ertz. I got I got Ertz in uh, Scott Fishbowl, but the others had already been taken. So yeah. that would really. I think, like Kurt said, there's really no wrong answer here. Yeah, and uh, Fantasy Taz yesterday turned me on to a stat that he said that uh, Kittle's numbers, uh, you know, were slightly better when Nick Mullins was quarterbacking as opposed to when Garoppolo was quarterbacking. I know he had a, only had a very small sample size of both quarterbacks, and take it for what it, for what it's worth. But that's yeah. a Fantasy Taz. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's it's probably more related to sample size than anything else. Yeah, obviously you'd rather mm-hmm. have Jimmy G in here at least. You know, like George, like George said earlier, there's a lot being given to Jimmy Garoppolo monetarily and respect-wise that hasn't necessarily been earned. I think people do see Correct. him as a talent, and you could probably say the same thing for any quarterback that gets drafted in the first round, right? They get a whole bunch of money before they get a chance to prove it. Guys like Baker go out and do it. Uh, Jimmy G has to go out and do it for the Niners, obviously. I, I just have found it interesting that that same hype that was there a year ago just doesn't exist uh, for what is a lot of the same pieces. You know, Jimmy coming off that injury, but quarterback, you know, given 11 months to heal, I, I think he'll be all right. So 
okay, so a couple other things. Let me see some other things from this draft uh, that came out. George, you did not draft a quarterback. Jeez. See that fun? Everybody like waited on saying, quarterback. All, right. It's like George has been saying Matt all Ryan, preseason. The one – the 11th round, Matt Ryan. There was a quarterback <laughs> run there, obviously. He went Luck, Ryan, and Breeze, Wilson, and then, uh, yeah, all in that round. But if you're in a single QB draft with a bunch of experts, it's just a waiting game. Most of the guys waited until double-digit rounds to pick up a QB. Only four QBs went before the ninth pick of the 10th round. Baker and Rodgers went back-to-back. And Mahomes and Watson had gone before that. Where did Luck go here? Yeah, Luck right before Matt Ryan. So um, everybody just waited all day. And, hell, George, you got Kirk Cousins as your backup in the 15th round. You're just souping <laughs> up a, a backup QB before the draft ends. So I think George is on to something, Joe. He has told me in the past that at this, at this stage, given the way that people that are – Adept of fantasy football draft, you should have just all go to Superflex now because there's almost no strategy in drafting a QB anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, a super flex and uh, two quarterback leagues keeps you more honest, right? I mean, you know, uh, those, you know, top four or five picks uh, kind of written in stone, you know, the Barclays, the McCaffreys, the Camara, the Elliots, and, and, you know, you want to throw Bell in there as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, personally, I think it's the the only way to go. And I, I love what uh, Scotty Fishbowl has done. It brought it to the forefront, the, uh, the, uh, the flex, the super flex. Yeah. George, you're you're basically only trying to play in super flex leagues unless uh, you get wrangled into a, 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 a the network league like this. You're really looking for super flex leagues at this point, correct? Yeah, it's been my favorite type of league for a long time. My home league's been super flex forever. You know, I do on twenty, thirty years. Even there was uh, when quarterbacks wasn't as deep. And you just said it, quarterback is extremely deep. I got Kirk Cousins for free in the fifteenth round. It's only a sixteen round draft. Yeah. And Isaiah will take him as a backup because quarterbacks go 20, 24 deep. I mean, it's that, it's it's a great time in the NFL for quarterbacks. All the rules are meant for him also, and it's, it's a good time here. And even you said Matt, I took Matt Ryan around 11. Uh, I The only reason I took Matt Ryan around 11, by the way, was because I was running out of players that I liked on my board at any other position. I hated everybody. Yeah. I'm like, fine, I'll take the quarterbacks. I like the quarterbacks. Uh, and I was waiting for someone to take luck. I... I thought about like, the, the round beforehand, but um, I am worried somewhat about that calf, this never-ending calf injury. This is taking forever. This is a joke. And he's had it since OTA, so he's starting to scare me a little bit. He's starting to remind me of someone who just doesn't heal very well. He just doesn't heal very well. So uh, I wasn't taking luck, and when Ryan was uh, – as soon as luck was taken, it was great. Then Yang took his Chicago Bear defense, and then it was an easy choice for me to take Matt Ryan. I had his uh, top five this season. I think he's going to have a great year, and uh, easy choice. I did it. I can tell you honestly, in round six, when I took Allen Robinson, I gave a lot of thought to take it to Sean Watson because he had fallen. There was value there. Even though I like to wait on quarterback, I thought there was value in Deshaun Watson because he did fall. Uh, but in the end, I, I needed a wide receiver there. And I, as you see, I went on a little wide receiver run there to make up. After I took Josh Jacobs, I couldn't get a, a solid number two there. I went with a whole bunch of uh, quantity, maybe over quality, and Robinson, Shepard, Sanders, and Deshaun Jackson. But... If you're playing a league where people know what they're doing, I think you're going to see this in a lot of leagues. If it's a one-quarterback league, you can wait forever on a quarterback. Dave Martinez, uh, Spittin' Speeds on Twitter. Uh, we've all uh, had done shows with him. He waited till the 14th round, and he just went uh, on the turn. He just picked back-to-back QBs. He went with Jameis Winston and Ben Roethlisberger, and he didn't pick one until the last pick of the 14th round. And those are the guys that he got. I guarantee one of those guys... I'd, gar- I'd nearly guarantee that one of those guys cracks the top ten of fantasy this year. They both could. I agree. Yeah, but one of them yeah, will. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. Have yeah, to me, I agree as well. Fourteenth round. Yeah, I would have uh, taken either one of those over Winston, uh, over Cousins. By the way, I wanted them both. Unfortunately, uh, they, they both went before I could go, and I took Cousins. The funny thing about this draft, I didn't tell these guys during any uh, during draft, but uh, the last, I think, the last four or five picks, my actually my daughter made. I said, this draft took forever. <laughs> um, this was the overbite. It was, we did it during uh, Fantasy Frenzy and uh, and Best Friends Forever. So the overbite was one and three. I mean, and there were guys taking forever. You're on air. You're not paying attention. I get it. 
But uh, I had to go pick up yeah. my niece at the train station, 3.15. I had to leave. And I told I, my daughter was old man. My daughter was 12. She wanted to come. She has nothing about fantasy football. You know, and uh, I just told I gave her the list. I'm like, she knew she knows how to work a computer. I'm like, listen, just hit draft. I don't care what he takes. Last, last four picks. So. so I'm glad you took Cousins. <laughs> and so not someone who was much worse. <laughs> Yeah, I, I told her, just don't take, you know, don't take Cowboys because Daddy likes Cowboys. All right, just take guys at the top of the list. I'll, I'll live, it's the last four picks, you know. I'll live with it after that. She actually did okay. I got Reichwell Armstead for uh, <laughs> Leonard Fournette. The Rams defense is fine. She knew she had to take uh, defense. I had told her that. And I wanted a backup tight end as well. So uh, so I guess she had the last. Oh, I left after Matt Ryan. That's right. I took the quarterback, and she took everybody after that. So, uh, Galena, wow. question well, to you. Galena, yeah, question yeah. to you. And shout out to my daughter. Um would you – there's a, several teams on here that are only rostering one quarterback. Are you the type, Joe Galina, that feels like he needs to get that backup quarterback like George did with Cousins? Or are you going to roll with the one QB? Because if, uh, you know, somebody like Phillip Rivers, the teams that only have one QB have Phillip Rivers, Pat Mahomes, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Baker Mayfield. All of those teams are only rostering those quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. – they probably feel if their guy gets hurt, they'll just pick somebody else up on the waiver wire. But do you feel like you have to have a backup like George did, or we roll with one QB? Yeah, I used to roll with one QB, uh, and last year uh, I rolled with uh, Garoppolo, and he got hurt, obviously, uh, down for the season. So I think part of it is just uh, recency bias on my part. So this season, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I get a backup quarterback because in this league where Garoppolo went down, uh, it was a non-expert league and everybody went nuts uh, drafting you know, quarterbacks and there really wasn't much on the waiver wire. So I think it, it, it kind of depends on the, your specific draft and maybe even recency bias on your part. But, but based on what happened to me last year, uh, I, I like to get that second quarterback uh, uh, on my roster. George, based on the fact that you just drafted the second QB in this draft, are you married to that, uh, or would you roll with one QB in a, in, in a given league? If it's a well, this is where QB the unluckiness league. of this is where the unluckiness of me not being at the draft hurt, because I said uh, when I left the I said I left the draft. I told my daughter, you know, I told her what positions to look. I wanted a backup quarterback, backup tight end. Uh, then a running back, uh, wide receiver, and then she could pick whichever one she wanted—a running back or a wide receiver. If I had been here and seen how this draft went. When I took Kirk Cousins, I think there were only about, looks like 13 quarterbacks taken. I would not have taken Cousins because there would have been plenty left on the waiver wire. This is one of those leagues where no one was taking a backup quarterback. I guessed that people would take backup quarterbacks in this league because a lot of leagues I'm playing in, people are taking two quarterbacks, and I didn't want to be left without, you know, to be left, left without a decent backup when the music stopped. So, like I said, uh, if I would have been there live, seeing how the draft was playing out, I would not have taken Kirk Cousins. I assumed, and I, you know, when you assume you make an ass out of you and me, I made a mistake there. That's it. I would roll on QB. If, if I hate all the players that are left, maybe I'll take a second QB really late like George did. But I'm rolling one QB. My starter gets hurt. I got to go to the waiver. That's what others do. We're going to talk AFC West in the second hour, starting off with the Chiefs after the break. It's Mike, George, and Joe. We'll be right back.